Welcome. My name is Phil, and you're listening to PhilCast, a podcast dedicated to the movies, the good, the bad, and everything in between. Join me twice a month for a lively discussion and entertaining monologues. Sit down, get comfortable, and fill up a glass, because the show is ready to begin. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Once again, my name is Phil, and you are listening to PhilCast, a podcast dedicated to the movies, the good, the bad, everything in between, a focus on cult favorites, box office bombs, best picture winners. We're going to talk about it all here, and I am very excited. This is my first uh, stab at at doing a podcast. So please bear in mind if there are any uh, technological uh, difficulties along the way or uh, snafus, I will uh, I will try to do my best to counter them. But uh, just wanted to put that out as a as a fair warning before we begin. Um, I'm doing this because I love the movies, and it seems like everybody's doing a podcast these days. And so at this point, I thought, why not? Why not? So I'm I'm sitting here right now in my office with a good beverage. I am uh, ready for uh, a discussion, or, or in this case, it's going to be a monologue of sorts. Uh, going to talk about one of my favorite movies. But uh, if you haven't done so already, I encourage you to uh, sit down and get a comfortable seat and fill up a glass of your, uh, your beverage of choice and uh, have a listen. Because today we are going to be talking about a sequel. And it is a sequel to a, uh, a movie that reinvented uh, the superhero genre and, more importantly, uh, reinvented and reinvigorated the Batman franchise. Uh, Drumroll, please. We are going to be talking about The Dark Knight, the second installment in Christopher Nolan's famous and genius Batman trilogy. Uh, as you can see, I, I am a, I'm definitely a fanboy uh, when it comes to uh, the work of Christopher Nolan. But in thinking about what I wanted to, to talk about uh, in this first episode, I figured go with, uh, go with something that I like, or I should, in this case, something that I love and thoroughly, uh, thoroughly enjoy, enjoyed when I saw it, and, and still uh, to this day, all these years later. The Dark Knight was the first uh, superhero movie uh, really, frankly, the first movie that I saw multiple times. I mean, prior to The Dark Knight, my record for going to, to see a movie had been uh, four times. Yeah, it was four times uh, going to see Revenge of the Sith, and that was that was sort of a big deal, big event movie. But The Dark Knight was on a totally different level. I saw that ten times over the course of the summer and fall and even into the winter of 2008. Everything from the standard theater experience to uh, the big IMAX screening. I, I, was, I was all in on The Dark Knight, and it was, it was one of those movies that I can remember when it was announced. I can remember the, 
the build up for it and then the event that it was uh, and, and frankly still is to this day so that, that is going to be our that is going to be my uh, my uh, my uh, chat if you will uh, a chat for your ears um, on on the dark night and and why it is a why it is a personal favorite of mine frankly it's I think the best superhero movie ever made and uh, you know no uh, no uh, no regrets in saying this but it is my favorite movie of all time it I all these years later it still ranks number one uh, for me and that is because a it is an entertaining movie but B you've got great acting most notably Heath Ledger as the Joker uh, and it is a compelling and engaging story you put all that together you put the Christopher Nolan seal of approval on it you got a damn good show in my uh, in my humble opinion but uh, let's uh, let's wind the clock back <laughs> um, in time. I remember when The Dark Knight was first announced. This was probably the summer, I guess, of 2000. I guess it was 2006. Might have the date uh, somewhat mixed up there. But I remember when it was announced. This was after Batman Begins. And Batman Begins was one of those movies that kind of slipped by me. Um, I, I'm... I'm Sad to say, it it came out in 2005, Batman Begins, and that was the year Revenge of the Sith came out, and as I mentioned earlier, I was all in on uh, on episode three, and, and sort of the, what I thought was at the time the concluding chapter of the Star Wars saga. Spoiler alert, I was wrong, uh, but we'll get to that uh, in, an, in another episode, I'm sure. Um, so in any event, Batman Begins just sort of it just passed by me. And I think part of that was uh, it was not on my radar. Uh, my my favorite Batman movie up until that point had been Batman Returns, the, the second installment uh, in, uh, by Tim Burton. And I, I just, I loved that movie. I thought it was, it was gothic and it was weird and it was sort of this uh, original take on, on the comic book movie, but, but almost done in an, in an art house. Uh, uh, format. It was really, really very interesting, uh, and I still enjoy it to this day. But um, that was sort of my my uh, my go-to Batman movie, and I, that was a hill I would I would always defend in in conversations about favorite Batman movies. But it was sort of in the wake of Batman and Robin, which was uh, sort of a, a black mark, if you will, on the on the Batman franchise. I was not too uh, plugged into the Batman uh, universe, or, or really into the into the cinematic universe, um, going into the summer of 2005. Like I said, I was more uh, engaged about uh, what was happening with Star Wars and how that was all going to come to a conclusion. And Batman begins to sort of slip by me. And it wasn't until probably the must have been the following year that I finally did get a chance to see Batman Begins. Um, I, the days when you rented a video, th th those were the days. Um, I remember renting it and thinking, wow, this is, this is so different because my experience with Batman had been Tim Burton's world, which was, which was sort of quirky and, and different, but, but ultra serious. You know, it was, it was, it was dark, it was gritty. 
and, and then of course there was the the Batman Forever and Batman and Robin uh, movies, and, and that was sort of campy and fun and, and lighthearted. And so I wasn't quite sure what to expect with uh, Batman Begins, but when I watched it, I said, "Wow, this is a really different. This was not what I expected. This was not." There were no nipples on the bat suit. Um, this was not uh, sort of a, a gothic uh, underworld. It, it was a really serious take on the character, much in the line of um, Frank Miller's work, Batman Year One, Dark Knight Returns. Really, a, a gritty and 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 serious interpretation of this character, kind of almost following the the format set by, set up by. Uh, the Spider-Man movie in 2002, kind of showing the origin of the character and how he came to be, and I remember thinking, "Wow, this is this is different. This is not anywhere like the original uh, Batman movies," and you know, certainly was a fresh interpretation on this character. And then I remember, of course, at the very end of the movie with Gordon and Batman up on the rooftop with the bat signal, and he gives Batman the the Joker card and. It was sort of that that tease for for what was to come, and um, by by this point when I saw the movie, I don't think they had yet announced. I, I know they hadn't announced uh, the second movie, um, but I, I said, "Oh, that's that's sort of you know got my mind my mind uh, clicking, thinking, oh boy, you know, maybe the Joker's going to show up in some way, and okay, how will he be how will he be interpreted in this world?" And, you know, at, at the time, I'm like. Eighth grade or ninth grade or something, and it's sort of like, oh God, you know, your mind just sort of runs, runs, uh, you know, wild with, uh, uh, with, with, with thoughts and 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 theories and anticipation. And then, of course, the movie was announced, and they were going to have the Joker, and Heath Ledger was going to be, um, was going to play the character. And I, you know, I, I was not caught up in the whole controversy over Heath Ledger's casting. Um, I, I, I will admit I did not know much of, of Heath Ledger when it was announced. It was like, okay, Heath Ledger, and then you go on all the message boards on, online and sort of, you know, open any, you know, uh, any uh, comic book-themed or, or genre-themed website, and everyone's just sort of going wild. Oh, God, Heath Ledger, this is horrible. And I truly had no frame of reference. I'm like, all right, he's an actor. I mean, he's going to play the Joker. I was just more excited about the fact the Joker was going to be in in the next Batman movie. And so from that point, I, I kind of remember just sort of everything just quieted. You know, it was very quiet. Did not really, uh, there wasn't much uh, talk going on. This was, would have been, I guess, in 2006. Uh, and like I said, I wasn't plugged into the into the controversy over Heath Ledger's casting. But uh, looking back on it, it is sort of hilarious to see how much outrage there was over his casting and how similar yeah, it was to Michael Keaton's casting of uh, as Batman back in 1989 for the first movie, and, and frankly, how people's uh, outrage was really misguided and misplaced because, as it turned out, in the case of uh, Michael Keaton, he stole the, he stole the show. He blew everybody away. And and full disclosure, he he's my favorite Batman. I think Michael Keaton is is the gold standard. But uh, just in the same in the same way with Heath Ledger. It's, the guy knocked it out of the park <laughs> times ten, um, but it's just sort of funny to see the the similarities. So, uh, as a sidebar, I kind of remember uh, the whole Robert Pattinson thing. Everyone was flipping out about him getting uh, him being cast as Batman, and I remember thinking to myself, you know what? 
this this is an old this is an old cycle an old argument at this point uh, I'm not gonna not gonna pay too much attention to it because you can't judge an actor by their past uh, by by any performance uh, especially when it comes to being in a Batman movie it's some it somehow goes with the goes with the discourse at this point that there's always going to be outrage over over castings uh, in, in a Batman movie particularly for uh, the title character or uh, in, in the case of Heath Ledger as the Joker but I remember kind of circling circling back now uh, side note again I will from time to time break off into these random tangents so uh, you've been warned full disclosure uh, I will try to keep myself in check but uh, like I said this is a this is a free-flowing talk uh, or, or really it's not even a talk it's more of just a, a monologue uh, on uh, on my favorite movie but okay end of end of rant circling circling back to topic um, I, I remember this would have been now in, in, in 2007 uh, as things started to, to, to percolate and, and, and develop on the on the dark night front and I remember the first image being released of the Joker uh, and, and the dark Knight I mean outside of being a fantastic film had just the most incredible marketing uh, of any superhero movie in recent memory I mean I think the Batman which will be coming out in two months uh, th that that's probably come the closest in terms of the marketing genius um, uh, the Dark Knight though was was really the first of its kind because it really engaged with the fans and 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 with the movie going audience to kind of build anticipation and hype for this movie and I remember there was this whole build up to the reveal of the Joker's image and it's that famous photo where you just see his his face with the white makeup smeared on the black uh, around the eyes and the, and the red lips and the scars and I remember thinking to myself wow this is this is different I mean because you, you you have this image of the Joker in your mind whether it's from Jack Nicholson or Cesar Romero or uh, what, what how he's portrayed in the comics or on the, even on the uh, you know in, in some of the animated uh, shows and, and Heath Ledger's look just from that one photo was so incredibly different and it was it was frightening it was it was shocking it was it was not what you were expecting and, I, and again I think everybody has sort of this image of the Joker in their mind or, or at least I had an image of the Joker in, in my mind up until that point now it's sort of like you expect him to look like Heath Ledger just because of the impact but at the time it was it was jarring you didn't quite know what to make of it I didn't know what quite what to make of it and then I remember as the summer went went on there would be these leaks and photos that would pop over the internet and I remember that first teaser trailer which just had the dialogue there was no uh, image uh, or or, or, um, or scene shown and you just heard that that voice that the voice of the Joker and that laugh and I remember saying to myself I was actually I was showing it to my two sisters um, at the time, we were you know, I was like, oh, you guys got to come you know, watch the new Batman teaser. It's out now. It's, it's here. And when I heard that laugh, I, I, honest to God, I had chills <laughs> running up and down my spine. I said, my God, this, this is going to be, this is so different. Because again, up until this point, you either had Jack Nicholson, who, I, who, who did a good job, he was great, or Cesar Romero. And, and Cesar Romero, I mean, 
full disclosure at the time, he was sort of my my definitive Joker. I really liked what he did on the TV show, and I, it was sort of like, okay, this is this is not what I was expecting to see or to hear something like this. And again, just the anticipation for this movie. It really was about the waiting game, and I can always remember like every morning when I would wake up before school. You know, checking out, uh, the, you know, online, you know, going online to see, you know, if anything had been released, any kind of news, any kind of snippet. Doing the same thing when I got home from school. I mean, this was like, you know, before, like, you know, cell phones were, like, stapled to our palms every every uh, waking hour of the day. So it was, like, kind of like, like, couldn't wait to get on the computer just to see what was going on. And, and just, like, you know, you know, like a scavenger desperate for any little any little scrap of information about this movie. And then, of course... I remember the uh, the big uh, uh, first trailer came out in uh, December of 2007, and, and I remember I was we, we my family and I had gone away on a on a trip right before it it, um, it was released, and I remember I remember we, we came home like it was I don't know a Sunday or, or whatever it was, and it was literally like the day we re- we came home the the trailer was out and I remember just like sitting in front of the computer you know mouth open eyes wide and just being like holy shit this is going to be incredible because now you were seeing the Joker interact and how he was and it was a very Joker a very heavy Joker uh, trailer very Joker centric and it gave you an idea about what this movie was going to be about how this world was going to react to the Joker um and it just like everything from from his laugh to the to the to the to the you know the, the scene with the truck flipping. I mean, it was just it was the perfect teaser trailer, uh, whatever you want to call it, because it it it, it just it, it grabbed your attention and it didn't let go. And fr- from that point on, I was like, you know, my anticipation had been sort of like you know percolating a little bit, but by this point, it was like full steam ahead. We are this is like bring on July 18th and I remember shortly thereafter I started a countdown uh, uh, calendar in my in my kitchen I had a little uh, little post-it notes uh, and I had literally written out the, every single day until the dark night uh, was uh, to be released and on the last day I had like drawn the Joker smile and the bat symbol and so like that was going to be the last one uh, before the movie was uh, was released and Literally every day, just you know, waking up, changing the calendar, changing the calendar. I mean, it was. I mean, by the end of it, my family was like, "Okay, like you know, <laughs> calm down, calm down, and film." But I, I was just so, so excited about this movie that it was, it was like, it, it, I mean, th- this was like, this was like one of these movies that were, it, it became such an event. I mean, like I said before, The Dark Knight, like Star Wars Episode Three, Revenge of the Sith, had sort of been my my big event movie that I, I was really hyped for. Uh, but the, the, the Dark Knight was on such a whole, whole other level because I, mean, I, was, I was racing out to go get the latest magazine issue and, and getting the poster and, and, and just, just buying everything I could in sight and, and, and diving into as much information and, and, and watching as much uh, you know, snippets or interviews or, that I could you know, get my hands on because I was just so excited about the release of this movie, and then, uh, of course, when uh, when when Heath Ledger tragically passed away, it just kicked up the 
the interest in this movie. I mean, for me, I, I was already bought in. I mean, this was not one of those things, um, you know, it sort of changed my, you know, anticipation level. I mean, I, I had already bought into this movie, but it it really hit me at that point that, that people were, were excited about this movie. People were interested about this movie, and, and it had a lot to do with, of course, Heath Ledger and his his portrayal and his tragic passing. Uh, so, you, you know, you had a movie that was already, already, you know, creating interest and excitement that was now this, this, this event, this bigger, yeah, I mean, this, this was more than just a movie at, at this point. I mean, by the time July 18th rolled around, this was, this was no longer just a, a fun comic book movie, uh, the second installment in Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. I mean, this, this was the movie of the year, perhaps the movie of the decade or even the century. I mean, this was, this was a totally, you had to go see this movie. Um, and, and I was just, I mean, I was just there. I, I was there almost, you know, from the get-go, just, just ready for this roller coaster ride. And then, of course, the movie, the movie premiered. And I remember sitting in the theater. I uh, was with, uh, with, with uh, my movie-going squad, uh, and I was the minute the 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 lights went down, the trailers previewed, and then the movie starts, and you see that the, the burning bat symbol uh, image on screen, and then it just dissolves into the sky into the skyline of Gotham City, and it, it was a roller coaster ride. I mean, I literally felt like you know. You, you go on those rides where like you're locked into the seat and it it doesn't stop until you reach the end point. That was what the Dark Knight felt like for me. It was this event. It was this roller coaster thrill ride, and it, it was one of those movies. I I, I have I have never been an ex been to a movie, but I was never in a movie before, and I have. Honestly, I can say I've never been to a movie since where I have had seen such the reaction from the audience. I mean, I mean there were moments in in The Force Awakens and and even Avengers Endgame uh, with audiences, but but there was nothing like The Dark Knight. This I saw it opening day, July eighteenth, two thousand eight, and it was a it was a packed theater. There, there was not an empty seat in the auditorium, and it, it was like a show. It was like a movie within itself. The audience was electric. It was alive. I mean, people were, were just sort of feeding off each other from the minute the Joker appeared when he takes his mask off, the audience went, went bananas. I mean, applause after applause. When Batman shows up, they laugh at the right moment. I mean, the Joker was, was sort of like, Ominous and and and, and 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 kind of macabre humor, doing macabre humor at the same time. It's like that the pencil scene where uh, he he's confronting the mobsters was like literally you could hear the air, <laughs> you could just hear the sound of the air being sucked out of the auditorium, and then everyone just gasping and and it's, and, and sitting on bated breath, scene after scene, and. The, the 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 part of course when the the, the truck flips during the, the the iconic chase scene again you could you you could hear a pin drop in the theater and across the street it, everyone was just on bated breath 
as that scene unfolded. And then, of course, the truck flips. The Batman does his little U-turn uh, on the on the bat pot, and the it, it was like the Fourth of July after that. The audience was cheering, applauding. I mean, it was it was incredible. I mean, like I said, I've never had an experience with an audience where people were almost a part of the part of the show. It was really. It was something, it was a special experience. And again, from, from beginning to end, applause, you know, with, when the movie ended, says The Dark Knight. And then, of course, you know, this is another thing I, I've never seen since. Everybody was, was seated. Everyone stayed in their seat and watched every single credit until the film was, was finished. And then the applause started again. It was it was amazing, and it has stayed with me all these years later. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, th th this was something to be a part of. Th this was an event. This was this was not just just a, a a comic book sequel. This was not just a another superhero movie. This this was this was something bigger. This was an event. This was a a, a, a movie going experience, uh, unparalleled in my movie-going experience up until that point, and frankly, it still stands out all these years later. And I think part of it was, A, you had a great IP. You had a great character with Batman. Everybody loves Batman. I mean, I, in many ways, The Dark Knight, I feel, cemented Batman as this pop culture icon. Uh, much in the same way that, that, that Tim Burton's movie in 1989 uh, did with reinventing the character after the TV show. The Dark Knight took Batman from uh, a popular comic book hero, superhero, and, and turned him into this icon. And, and I think we're, we're still living, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to movies and, and frankly, superheroes, we're still living in Batman's world. And, and that is... Ode to the Dark Knight, because th this movie took a character that was already well-known and established, and, and I think made it iconic, made it this, this, this character that people wanted to go see. I mean, it's, it's no surprise that this movie crossed the billion-dollar mark. I, 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 this was unlike anything that had, had preceded it, and, and frankly, I have yet to see a superhero movie that has matched The Dark Knight in terms of its its tone, its story, and its overall uh, movie-going experience. It, it was it was in a class all of its own, and it it stands still kind of on the on the pillar, at least in my mind, of a great superhero movie. But more importantly, a damn good movie. And why 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 is it why why did this movie connect with? audiences and frankly you know, why did it why did it become my favorite uh, Batman movie and and yes my favorite movie of all time I think first off let's let's talk about the most uh, in, frankly important part of it Heath Ledger the Joker I mean there's nothing I can say really that hasn't already been said it, it's it's a tour de force performance it's it, it, it's it's not a performance. I mean, this is, you're watching the Joker. This is not somebody playing the Joker. You're watching the Joker on screen. And, and, and interestingly enough, he's not in the movie for, for a lot of it. It's, it's very interesting comparing it to, say, Jack Nicholson in 
in, in the first Batman movie. The Joker is only in it for you know, maybe 30 minutes, give or take. Uh, I should I should really time it. Um, but it, it's it, it, it's compelling enough and it's intriguing enough that he overshadows the entire movie even when he's not on screen. And that's when I feel if if you've done that as a director and a storyteller, you've created a hell of a villain. Because it's like the shark in Jaws, and again, that's not a that's not a novel statement. People made this point. When the Joker's on screen, you can't take your eyes off him. But when he's not on screen, you're wondering where the hell is he? You know, what is he up to? What machinations is he planning for Batman and Gotham City? And that's a perfect villain. I mean, it's why the Joker is the greatest villain of all time, and why Heath Ledger just just stole the show because this character just comes in he's like he's like a nuclear bomb and he and it's just this massive disruption in his wake and and again it's like chaos you can't help but but watch what he is he is going to do on screen and so that that aided the dark knight that that i think took the dark knight from being just a standard comic book movie and turned it into something uh even more impressive because you had a villain that was not just it was not your usual comic book shtick. You know, he wasn't holding the city to ransom and, and had some ominous bomb that was going to uh, vaporize the city or turn the water into gas. I mean, he, he, he was just this force of anarchy and chaos. And frankly, he was terrifying because he seemed real. Like, I mean, put aside the superhero and comic book elements, a character like the Joker could exist uh, uh, unfortunately, in our world today, it's certainly back then, and even more so today. And that is that is frightening. It's captivating because you can see the relatability. You can see the uh, comparison to our world. So you have a you have a great villain, and, and, a, and what is a what is a story, uh, particularly a, a story of good and evil, without a fantastic villain? And the, and the Joker checks that box. Like I said, you're not watching somebody play the Joker. You are watching the Joker on screen. So what else? What else makes this movie? Well, first off, it's you. Second off, you have. Second of all, you have the seriousness. You have this idea that this is a real world. This is this is not a comic book world. I mean, yes, it may be. You know, you may have to you know, suspend uh, you know reality or whatnot. Uh, for for the two and a half hours while you're watching it, t to an extent. But I mean, these are real people. These are not comic book characters, sort of, or stock characters doing their their shtick. Th this is a real world with with real life situations and 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 real stakes. And you buy into it. You buy into to, to Batman's journey. You buy into Harvey Dent later on Two Face's story. I haven't even talked about uh, Harvey Dent, uh, played by Aaron Eckhart, who. It really gives a, a masterful performance as as Two Face, one of Batman's more tragic and and and, and gut wrenching villains. Two Face. Um, you have that. You have you have the drama with the police department. You have Gary Oldman, who never turns in a bad performance as Commissioner Gordon, or you know, watching his rise as Commissioner Gordon. And of course, Michael Caine as Alfred, kind of being Bruce's conscience and 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 and, and sort of. You know, tethering him back to some semblance of reality, and then you tie it all together. And of course, you've got 
Christian Bale as Batman, and and in many ways, the, you know, Batman is is the the main thrust of the movie. It's, it is his movie after all. But we're watching this this character, this this vigilante, try to to bring an end to his mission. This idea of I can't do this forever. I would like to stop being Batman and have a normal life, but the Joker throws a wrench in all that and and turns his world upside down. And so by course the end of the movie and this is you know no, I mean it's a spoiler but I would think by now if, if you haven't seen the movie you know what are you doing with your life go see it but um you know Batman takes the fall Batman in essence becomes the villain in order to protect the city and save the vil- the city and, and and you know get the get the uh, advantage over his arch enemy I mean it's it, it's a it's a it's a tragedy but it's also a there's so much heroism and there's so much there's so much determination in this movie it's not just your usual standard comic book movie where hero and villain fight and and the villain plots something and then the hero has to stop him and then all is saved and everyone's happily lives happily ever after no this is not i'm sorry this is not marvel this is this is not a in full disclosure i love marvel but i mean like this is not a, a, a happy-go-lucky, tongue-in-cheek movie. This this is a serious story. This is this is a this is a, an impactful story, and it it really digs into the question of what does it mean to be a hero? What is it? What does it mean to be a villain? I mean, again, huge themes. This idea of morality and duality, and again, stuff that's just sort of has always been was always sort of you know scratching the surface in a superhero movie, and then. Christopher Nolan kind of came in there and kicked it up to a, kicked it up to a, to a, to an eleven on a scale of one to ten. I mean, th- this was a movie that, frankly, should have been nominated for best picture. I mean, frankly, it should have won best picture. But you know, I'll hold off on that and, and say at least should have been nominated. But it, it, it was, it was so transformational. I mean, you look at the movies that that came after it. Every superhero movie, and even non-superhero movies. James Bond uh, with, with Skyfall was, was influenced by The Dark Knight. Many of the, the Marvel uh, superhero movies that came after took influences from The Dark Knight. They realized you could take these characters, these comic book characters that are, are two-dimensional and sort of you know, you know, larger than life, but you could then ground them in a reality and bring in real-world situations, real-world problems, and, and, and tell a damn good story and you can thank the dark knight for that you can thank christopher nolan and company you can thank christian bale and most importantly you can thank uh, the late heath ledger uh, god rest his soul this was this was a movie that changed the entire landscape of the superhero genre as far as i'm concerned we're still living in in the world of the dark knight and Frankly, I have yet to see a superhero movie. I've yet to see a Batman movie that comes close to to touching the greatness that is the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight is a, is in a class all of its own, and uh, it, it, it'll be a long time uh, if ever. Uh, I, I'm I'm looking at you, uh, Matt Reeves, uh, director of the of the Batman, uh, to see if if a superhero movie, if a comic book movie, if a Batman movie can can uh, not only rival but surpass the Dark Knight. Uh, it, it's a tall order, but uh, uh, we shall see. Uh, 
full disclosure, I, I have my uh, I, I have my hopes high for uh, 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 the Batman. Uh, Matt Reeves is a, is a talented director, and 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 Robert Pattinson is a fantastic actor. So uh, there, there's there, there's uh, much that could be going on uh, with uh, with the Batman, but uh, I, I will get into that in a future episode. Um, with, with that, I, I think I will uh, bring this to an end. This was our, this was our first, uh, first episode, my first uh, uh, foray into the uh, podcasting uh, uh, world. Um, future episodes, I can uh, promise you, will not just be me ranting and <laughs> or, uh, giving these uh, long and passionate monologues, but uh, uh, there will be discussions and reviews and and, and different uh, formats, but uh, I, I, I thought for the first episode I would talk about a movie that is very near and dear to my heart, and uh, like I said, it's my favorite Batman movie, favorite comic book movie, and, and yes, uh, my, my favorite movie of all time. Uh, I, I watch it many, many times a year, never get sick of it, still watch it with the same excitement. Uh, that I, I did when I first saw it back on July 18th, 2008, and uh, I'm actually looking at a poster. Uh, it was a teaser poster uh, for The Dark Knight hanging here in my uh, my office. Uh, the Joker with "Why So Serious" uh, written on it. Uh, just just a just a great movie, uh, and, and one that uh, I believe will will continue to stand the test of time, uh, and certainly uh, has not been met. Uh, or matched, uh, but uh, we shall see, we shall see. Uh, in any event, this uh, concludes our first, uh, the, the first episode. I hope you enjoyed your listen, hope your beverage helped, and uh, stay tuned. I will be back uh, in, usually going to try to do this about you know two to three times a month. I'll give you a quick tease, our, the next episode, it is a, it's going to be a scream baby uh so if, if, if you know that uh if you know that quote then uh, uh you can uh uh, uh sit uh, in, in anticipation for for what uh what is coming next but uh in any event thank you again i really appreciate uh you taking the time to listen uh to this uh to this newcomer uh, uh take a take a stab at podcasting uh thanks again uh please uh share this with your family your friends uh anyone who you think uh likes the movies and uh, is interested in, uh, in uh, hearing some thoughts and uh, uh, discussions on, uh, on, on movies of all kinds, the good, the bad, the misunderstood, everything in between. Uh, so until next time, be well, and I will see you at the movies.